1: She's a 10, but she listens to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. Well, you can't win them all. But speaking of number 10, that's what episode we're on today. Number 10. It feels like just last week we did number nine. But hey, let's keep on trucking. We got a very special episode for you this week. We've got dangerous Dave Kusky here uh, interviewed live via satellite in the studio, in his house, in his studio, not here physically, but you get what I'm saying. And so uh, it's going to be a little bit longer than normal. So uh, buckle up because it's going to be fun. All right. Welcome back, folks. We have got in the studio here live via satellite feed, the one and only Mr. Dangerous Dave Kusky. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hello. Greetings. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Hello there. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's an honor. Where are we Where are we talking to you from these days?
0: Right now, I am in the sand hills of Nebraska, way, way out in western Nebraska. Uh, if you if you ever go into Nebraska, there's a strong divide between the east and the west, because mm-hmm. the majority of the population is on the east coast, as I call it. My cousin-in-law was like, we don't have coasts because we don't have an ocean in Nebraska. And I was like, I know, dude. Um <laughs> So, like Lincoln and Omaha, that's where everyone lives. And so you get further west, and Nebraska is actually geographically a large state, but we often get discounted. We're lumped in there with either South Dakota, Wyoming, or Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. So
1: I, I think it's because corn kernels are so small, <laughs> and Nebraska is known for corn. Yeah. That's going to be my scientific, scientific hypothesis. Sounds good. Okay, we'll go with that. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and it, it's awesome to see you. I know our, our listeners can't see what we see, but you and I are face to face on the screen, and it, it's awesome to see you after, after so long. But um, I want to talk about Dangerous Dave Cusky and, and our relationship. and you know, for those of you who may not know Dangerous Dave, uh, he's, he's a pretty impressive fella. He, uh, he's a filmmaker, a writer, director. Actor, radio host, podcaster, and, and most importantly, he's my friend, and we've been friends for going on nearly twenty years now. Um, is that is that safe to say? Did I leave anything out?
0: It's wild to think about, almost twenty years.
1: It is wild, yeah.
0: Most of my life. How about,
1: how about your your resume, though? How about that? Yeah, I get that right.
0: Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: I. I'm a
0: hyphenate, you know, that's a, there are people who are focused. There are actors, there are writers, directors, editors. I'm a hyphenate. Uh, Part of that is just general interest and fascination and passion. And part of that is need. I do independent film work uh, with no budget most of the time. So the there's a necessity for me to be able to do as much as I can to uh, alleviate any delays or financial concerns.
1: (laughs) I can appreciate that. Uh, I've always kind of identified myself as a nerd on a budget. And so I love nerd stuff and nerd culture, but not always the the, the money bags to back it up. Right. So you got to get kind of creative sometimes, but um, yeah, we go back a ways and we actually go back because we both served together on our first ship, the USS the Mighty George Washington G Dub. G Dub represent
0: CVN seventy
1: three. Uh, I'm not. That's right. Recognize, <laughs> but we both were uh, we were still in Air Department together, and just a couple of shops down from one another, and we did the thing. So we used to talk about. I don't know if you remember this and you probably do, which is probably why we've collaborated on several things, but not, not the thing that we always said we were going to. <laughs> you remember what that is?
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about a zombie film at some point. Is that what you're? Yeah.
1: We were we were going to develop, yeah. Yeah, develop a zombie film and you were going to direct it. And we were just going to, we were going to make this thing. Yeah.
0: And, uh, Bruce Gordon was a candidate to be involved in that as well. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's right, that is that is true,
0: another and uh, of our shipmates
1: that's right, but history is yet to be written, I suppose, right? yeah, so the future is still in front of us, so there's still a possibility for that but i'm I'm excited today to talk about uh, a couple of things that we've collaborated on recently, and uh, it's a couple of the projects that that you've led and as I mentioned, you're a filmmaker and you've created a couple of animated shorts. And one is titled The Monkey's Paw. The other is titled Interview with the Batman. And we've worked together on those in a couple of different ways. So you asked me to to develop a movie poster for each one of those. And I, I gotta tell you, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed working on those projects. Um, In addition to that, we'll come back to the posters here in a moment, but um, for the monkey's paw, you asked me to develop the storyboards for that. You gave me the scripts and all of your notes, and that was a lot of fun to kind of see that and be able to contribute in that way. Um, You asked me to to paint some stills, if I'm not mistaken, as well, that you plan to incorporate in the final animation piece and um, use my likeness. Yeah. Right. Yes. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That, that's exciting. And then for interview with the Batman, I actually recorded some voice dialogue for that. Just, I think it's just one line. Um, I think I took about 40 or 50 takes, <laughs> but I got it right. Eventually nailed it. Or at least you were just too to say anything.
0: I just, I only listened to the first take. I was like, that's it.
1: <laughs> so I'm excited to have, worked with you, um, on these because it's, it's just, it's kind of different for me. And it was, it was really cool. Um, specifically the posters themselves, because you, you asked me to do that and it was fun because I was able to, to be creative, but at the same time you gave me direction Mm. and throughout the process, I would send you kind of some snapshots or some sketches or, you know, pictures in progress. And you would, he would give me that, that guidance and direction. And I thought that was really cool because normally I would just have a long leash cause I'm not necessarily reporting to anybody. And the fact that we were able to do this together meant a lot to me. Um, I guess my big question for you is what made you think to ask me to, to share in this with you? Yeah, I think, uh,
0: I mean, ho- hopefully it gave you an opportunity to kind of hone your craft, experience a different, uh, avenue. Uh, I think it's good to have that sort of flexibility, but specifically, you know, I wanted to work with you because we had discussed doing something almost 20 years ago. And so, um, and after I got out of the Navy and went to film school and studied acting and stuff, I would send you trailers or short films that I acted in or worked on and stuff. And you were uh, always very enthusiastic and actually watched them so <laughs> uh sometimes they were awesome yeah sometimes the the struggle of the independent artist is finding your audience, you know uh not everyone's gonna like your stuff, but there are uh, there's a definite audience for any specific thing, so finding your audience and then
1: such jet baby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it was huge for me for you to ask, and it was it, it meant an awful lot. And I agree with you when it comes to you know a lot of artwork and and different things of that nature being very specific as to who you're providing that for because it can resonate in people differently. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned in the very first pilot episode that some people aren't going to like my stuff. Yeah, and and even people that do, there's going to be things that they they just don't care for. They're not going to like every single thing, and that's fine. I don't expect. You don't necessarily like everything. We're we're pals, but like you're going to be able to tell me openly and honestly, like, hey, man, that that piece just didn't do it for me. I'm be like, all right, no sweat. That's what we do. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Um, in that very first episode, I mentioned some people that I think I used the the words verbatim are literally living the dream. They are living their dreams. You, my friend, were specifically one of the people <laughs> I was talking about because. Because of what you just said, you you served your country, you, you joined the Navy, you did your thing, you got out honorably, you went on, and you went to do what you wanted to do. You followed your dreams, and you literally lived them. And the fact that we stayed in touch all these years, and you've shared them with me, like that's why I was enthusiastic about it, because I love watching you do your thing. And I love watching your creativity and the process and watching you evolve and and develop. It was huge. And it it was exciting to to be kind of a fly in the wall watching you do your thing. And so what I'd like for you to do is um, after we're done talking, do me a favor and send me some links that I can share with the listeners so that we can can kind of share that even more. And I'll encourage people to go on and, and check these out because I know I had a good time watching them. And uh, I know that they will too.
0: Yeah, there's some, uh, I think kind of we discussed this a little bit, you know, you trial by fire, you jump in and do something and it's it's good to do it and complete it. And then as you grow and hone your craft, you see this, I mean, you got to see it as I sent you the links and emailed it to you and, and I lived it and hopefully I apply it to my craft and uh, put on put more authentic pieces out there, more, uh, more accessible or, or more, I don't know, just whatever I'm reaching for, I guess, just put it out there. Also, I was going to say, you know, uh, I like to work with creative people who are enthusiastic because uh, that's how I am when I start a project. So (laughs) As long as it doesn't take too long, I can maintain that enthusiasm, especially if I have other um, people with that same energy and drive with me. And that's I work with the same people over and over when you look at my stuff. Uh, first in film school, we always we when we picked groups, we always grouped up with the same people and then the people here in Nebraska that I work with are people that I've done plays with or been on the radio with for over 20 years. So that's weird to say and think about.
1: i mean, but it's cool. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. It just, it demonstrates your longevity. It demonstrates, you know, how dedicated you've been to this and, and it shows. And I like to, I mean,
0: I think I have a, a loyalty once I find my people. So I like to get them involved. I have fun doing the, the radio shows and the films and stuff. And so, I wanted to bring you into the fold, um, and you've done some different, some different things. I don't know y- you. The so the cameo and in interview with the Batman, and then the voice acting, and I mean the cameo and the Monkey's Paw, and the voice acting in interview with the Batman, and as well as your f- physical art, the painting. Uh, the the canvas and collage and those contributions as well. Uh, And yeah, like you said, the stills that you mentioned earlier, they were painted on canvas and they are going to be used for title cards for the monkey's paw. I'm doing it uh, like it's the film itself is not a silent film, but I'm doing the title cards kind of in the style of a silent film Um, just for the credit, just for the credits. I'm not going to have like dialogue written or anything like that because I have some amazing voice actors who contributed to the film and I wouldn't
1: want to. Well, yeah, you've, you've actually got a a pretty star-studded cast. And uh, I think it it would be, uh, it'd behoove me to acknowledge the fact that you've got legendary film director and producer Lloyd Kaufman as well-known from the trauma Franchise uh, and production company, most notably the Toxic Avenger, uh, to name a few. Nukem High, uh, Kabuki Fortune Man, guys. Of course, right. <laughs> yeah. Staples in, in American cinema, and and he is is like I don't know how you landed that, but I tell you what, it's gonna be it's gonna be money when uh, when it all comes together. Yeah. What's the current status of the project right now? as as we're talking about it we have i have the audio
0: done um pending music but the the dialogue and sound effects are done and i have assembled all of your storyboards together with the dialogue and sound effects to create uh an animatic so you could watch the film but uh, i mean currently we're uh in search of an animator or probably animators as I've learned animation is quite the process and Mm -hmm. it may be necessary to have a few, but I do have some different assets that people have generated over the years, uh, some character models and stuff. So things are ready to move forward. Once I find an animator and then that's excellent. Then festivals. Also, I'd like to, I'd like to mention, since we talked about, The Toxic Avenger, Melvin, (laughs) Melvin, the janitor himself, Melvin Junko, Mark Torgel, who is the Toxic Avenger before he falls into the vat of ooze, is also in the film. And he actually had taken a bit of a hiatus from acting for a while. He was doing some editing in L.A., but I had contacted him and he said, maybe I'll check it out. Send me the script and I'll let you know what I think. So I sent him the script and he said. I'll do it. So
1: he actually, that's awesome. I, I wasn't tracking that part. Yeah, that's great.
0: So he's done more acting now since that will show up before this, but this was actually one of the first things he did coming out of his sabbatical. I don't know if he's retired or, but he's acting again now. And I'd like to, I'd like to that's think great. it's because of a little film called the monkey's
1: Paw. I'm sure it is. But to make this come to life, we need an animator. So if there are any animators plural out there listening, please reach out to Dangerous Dave Cuskey so that we can we can see his vision come to, to full full maturity here. You could be part of an award And that's coming from a guy who's far from mature.
0: You could be part of an award winning film.
1: Well, that's a, good, that's a good segue, I guess, right? Because you have entered some elements of it into various festivals, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, actually, the poster was nominated for the Voodoo Curse Award at the Horrors for You Festival last year. And then at, the, at both the 14 Film Festival and Megaflix Film Awards, the poster and press kit received platinum awards. So uh, that is in addition to some other recognition that I've gotten for the screenplay. So we're looking pretty good with the monkey's paw. I'm pretty, I've put a several years of time into it. So this is kind of, I that's f- outstanding. I feel like this one is the, this is my film that's going to get me discovered. Troma will put it out and Lloyd Kaufman will say greetings from (laughs) Tromaville.
1: That would be a dream come true. I'm sure. And I I
0: just also want to mention it is adapted from the WW Jacobs, uh, short story. So it follows that, be careful what you wish for, but I adapted it to 1920s Hollywood. So we're on, we're on a movie set and making movies. Um, I love movies, and I love movies about movies. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. And animated shorts about movies. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun to work on. I enjoyed doing the storyboards, and it was something that challenged me because it wasn't something I was familiar with, nor had I really done anything like that before. Um, kind of dabbled here and there, but not to the extent of which uh, it was. So to be a part of this is is really... Uh, a big deal for me and it's uh, i'm proud to uh have been able to collaborate with you and i appreciate you asking me uh to be a part of it yeah it was awesome so,
0: to have you and uh the so we when i sent the poster originally to 14 film festival and i sent the screenplay They were they said hey this is awesome love the poster love the screenplay we want to see the film and i was like i don't have a completed film and they said well we have a work in progress category and so i took your storyboards I just did one scene for them, but I took your storyboards and put them over the dialogue. I picked a scene that had Lloyd Kaufman and Mark Torgel and myself and a uh, brilliant actress, Mary Teresa green, who I was in arsenic and old lace with as a stage production. She was on an episode of street sharks.
1: Uh, so
0: there's that, what? there's that tidbit for you. So we've got trauma That's and street epic. sharks.
1: <laughs> Which as uh, I won't get into it. Okay, good. <laughs> that's freaking huge. I so, could go off on a whole other tangent.
0: But our our the working concept, you know, we also got platinum awards at fourteen and Mega Flicks for that. So that's uh, that's uh, finally, I'm getting able to show the collaborative aspect of it. Before, you know, I'm sending it out and it was just the screenplay. So, but then I had the poster to send, and now I have the the demo. And eventually, the finished product
1: excellent, well it, it leaves me honored to be a part of your vision um, and awards aside that's I mean they're huge, and it's that's exciting to be a part of this award winning franchise, but just the fact that I got to do it with you and that you asked me to was uh was pretty phenomenal, so thank you uh, as always for that
0: yeah, thank you for doing it. I mean that's part of it too it's I like having the recognition, but it's even better having the recognition and having done it with people I respect and people that are my friends and I have fun working with. So,
1: that's good stuff. And I love that we were able to do so from a distance.
0: Yeah. We're, uh, sometimes I feel like maybe I should have been around making films with Scorsese and Spielberg when they were in film school. But then other times I'm like, well, it's good to have the technology I have now because. I can submit my film digitally to film festivals. We can exchange uh, information and data and whatnot through through the internet. So we have a lot more accessibility, um, and it, even too, if it you know if it comes to it, having to send physical stuff, which you did, you sent me the physical canvas for the posters. So,
1: yeah. Well, it was important for me that you have that because this is your baby. And so I wanted to make sure that you had all original documentation that was created, whether it be the storyboards that were done in pencil or the, the actual physical canvas boards that I did the all the paintings on and, and the canvas. So I suppose we should probably talk about those a little bit since that's kind of what the show's about, right? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I got nothing but time, but anyways...
0: How how concerned are you it? with your format?
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. Flush it. It's, like I said in a previous episode, you know the uh, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Yeah. So whatever. So so I've got both of them pulled up on the screen that I'm looking at. So let's start with Monkey's Paw. So originally, uh, I painted this, and you gave me some direction of what you were looking for, and to describe it to the listeners, basically. It's a it's a kind of a, a sunset over the, the Hollywood land sign. And as the sun's going down, the stars are kind of coming out, and you can see that there is a large, like actual monkey's paw, just kind of suspended, kind of floating there in the sky. And one of the fingers, actually, it's the it's it's the right hand, and the pinky finger is bent over because as as we know from all this classic literature and adaptations that anytime a wish is, is granted a finger bends, right? Yeah. That's, that's how it works. And so that's what I try to, to communicate here. And then what I love is that you were able to take that raw canvas painting because that's all it was. It was pure, just acrylic paint and that's it. Nothing else. Uh, Usually I work in a lot of mixed media and this was just pure acrylics. And so, um, I, I, it challenged me a little bit because it was something outside of what I typically work with exclusively, and I enjoyed it. Once you got it, you were able to add the text and uh, several accolades and various awards that have already been uh, uh, accumulated, as well as the Sand Hills Films logo. And I think that's pretty awesome. It yeah. looks it looks great.
0: It's a uh, and all that's digital. You know, I just uh, took your. Uh, I had a scan of the canvas work that you did and I put it into Photoshop and went in there and put text on there and played with graphics and stuff. And the Sandhills films logo was something I actually had a guy on Fiverr generate for me. I drew a stick drawing. I could show you on the camera, but they (laughs) won't know to show him what I wanted. And then he made that. Uh There's an animation for us too, that you'll see on the music videos and stuff.
1: Oh, Cool so way cool excellent but i i enjoyed working on it because it was it challenged me and it was even though it's it's kind of got that that twilight zony kind of vibe to it it's not super graphic or or very um at least you don't necessarily get that feel from it when when you look at it it doesn't have that same horror vibe that a lot of my other work does yeah but i still knowing the story when as i was creating it that helped to motivate me in, in painting it so knowing that it's got that creepiness behind it and the 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 overall theme so that i was i hope that it was able to come through and and either you're too nice a guy to say anything or it was exactly what you're looking for
0: <laughs> no it's exactly what i was looking for i mean the so you had pre- painted the hollywood land sign which is what the hollywood sign was originally back when they mm-hmm. first put that stuff up and we did this, you did this cool effect at the bottom where you started to kind of smear it and fade it. Um, I don't know what your technical nomenclature is
1: for that, but I usually call it the smear and fade technique. Oh, okay. So (laughs) that's, it,
0: it kind of, that kind of evokes like a number of different emotions. It's kind of uh, like, maybe it's a motion blur from, a quick movement of the camera and so that's why the hollywood land and some of the paw edges of the paw are like that so but also mm-hmm. like more more psychologically it, it it evokes this something isn't right here i mean this is a beautiful sunset over the hollywood hills but the hollywood land sign is smeared and there's this giant monkey's paw that's at the forefront and in the foreground to really draw your attention. So it was good. It was a good uh, representation of what I was looking for.
1: (laughs) I'm glad that it came through that way. Um, One the technique that I used basically was as I, I had kind of sketched out a ballpark rough um, just outline of where I wanted some elements to be, but I only focused on the tops of the lettering. So as it as it kind of fades down and and smears um that was the emphasis so that i could just kind of have a sharp top edge and then just kind of let it gradually uh kind of sink down into the rest of the into the canvas so uh same thing with the the bottom edge of that monkey's paw so you've got like a very defined finger and palm type uh setting there and then you can see kind of a, a furry wrist that kind of just fades into just less definition. But yeah, good stuff. Let's talk about uh interview with the Batman. Yes. Let's. <laughs> I actually, um, I like this one a little bit more because it's, it's a little more in line with uh, the type of stuff that I do almost on a regular basis because mm-hmm. I like to work in a comic book style. I could take a lot of comic book influence. And uh, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I I specifically got into comics for the artwork. The stories were were secondary to me. And, you know, as an an adult man-child at this point, like, I can can appreciate essentially both at at, at this point in my life. But um, when you asked me to do this poster, too, I got super excited because... I immediately had some different ideas and I think you gave me a little bit of a longer leash with this one because we didn't really talk a a whole lot about it leading up to it. And I just kind of like put some stuff together before it was too permanent. And I sent you like an in progress and and you gave me the thumbs up. So I kept going with it, but this one is almost exclusively collage. Mm. And what I did was I took, um, let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, four to five different variations of Batman. And I love to like layer them. So I I layered them up and basically the very first Batman that you can see is the very, uh, I wouldn't say it's not the original, but it's very much the the 1960s inspired uh, Adam West Batman with the very short uh, ears and uh, the blue uh, cowl. And so then you've got various layers of different, different, Batman, Batman, <laughs> through the years, the eras of Batman. And uh, so the face itself, I don't know if I ever told you this, but the mouth and the eyes are mine. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I ever told you that, but um, for the listeners out there, it's its kind of because there's it's a collage and it's, a, it's several different pieces of various Batman uh, combined. I, I feel weird saying Batman, but I don't want to say Batman. <laughs> batmans um there's the the mouth is kind of split in half so on one it's got just a closed mouth with the just very calm and serene the other one's kind of showing its teeth and and very uh aggressive and then the eyes themselves those are also my eyes so i, I took a couple of the different uh i hate to say selfies because i don't i don't like selfies but that's what they were and self portraits self portraits um <laughs> yeah because they weren't They weren't paintings, though, because I actually, it's all collage. And I was able to to print them off, cut them off. Then I used a technique where I painted over top of them. And so this is very much a mixed media collage where I've got elements of things that were were layered on top of each other, painted on top of each other, drawn over top of with Sharpies, especially. I use Sharpies in a lot of stuff. Behind Batman, the Batmans there are uh, a few different uh, cityscapes, uh, skylines, and I basically created a stencil. So I drew it out and then I reused the same stencil and I layered it several times. And I used a, like a brick pattern, uh, almost like a scrapbook paper type thing with the brick wall pattern to be the background, but I tore it in such a way where there's going to be different elements of of uh, just weathering and, and different aspects that way. And then on top of that, I layered some graffitied Batman logos. And so there were, I think there's ultimately there were three or four that I had just kind of layered in different colors over top of them. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the piece. So then I sent it to you and you worked some magic. Yeah,
0: we did the same thing. Um, before, I had a digital copy of the poster that I put into Photoshop and added graphics and text to it. Um played around with that for a, a while. Uh, and then I
1: think I put a filter on this one too. Uh, and I love that you did that because it takes that raw kind of um, very... Simple collage, and it really brought it up a notch because it to me it made it seem like a much more professional production and uh I think it's sharp looking you yeah, put the yeah. accolades at the top and uh yeah the the text looks great um the credits look great it it, it looks awesome yeah the
0: the but like the, I guess- the colors like in the cityscape and the different uh that men mans cowls. Uh, it's nice like because as you get towards the bottom of the poster you know we get into black we fade to black but uh, in the upper two-thirds or more there's a lot of interesting line work and different colors and stuff and really pops on the computer screen Um, Mm -hmm. I I have a nice monitor and it looks beautiful with the colors and the
1: the shapes and the line work and stuff. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of different contrasting elements and textures in this one. And I think partially that's probably why I think I like that more. Mm. I think there's just more variety. To it. I think the monkey's paw absolutely captures what the intent is, especially given the time period. And you, when you think of something from what it represents, obviously uh, color photography was not a thing color film was not necessarily a thing and so i mean hell, they were just starting to develop talkies yeah right yeah at that point the talking films so i think it that kind of speaks it's almost like a, a sepia in in nature but not completely whereas the the Batman's a lot more vibrant yet still dark yeah because yeah. it's, it's the dark right exactly um if i were to put you on the spot could you pick one that's your favorite Even if I didn't put you on the spot.
0: Um, You might think I'm cheating here. This is a cop-out, but it actually, it changes. So when I first got them, you know, the monkey's paw was my favorite. And sending it off and having people say, hey, this is a good poster. I was like, yeah, it was nice. So I felt it was good, but sometimes I think uh, artists, we can... Get lost in our head and think, can I trust my own judgment? So that's that's also a reason I went to you to do it in the first place uh, to have someone else do it, to get it away from me and get someone else's creative input and their hands on it and stuff. And then I got lost in what I was saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that's all right. You, you were saying you were kind of going back and forth.
0: Yeah. So I think it's just. Yeah. Question. I think the the immediate the monkey's spot had a more immediate reception. You know, we got it and I had specific festivals that I knew I was going to send this poster to. So I got it finished and sent to them. And with the Batman, I took a little longer with it. And I actually I have other revisions of it with different text and on different places in the poster and stuff, because I wasn't sure. I and, like you said, I think with the monkey's paw, i had a I had a more specific idea in mind. I knew how I was gonna position the text and stuff on that one before we generated it created the okay the art but with with Batman, I didn't have as as clear of a picture of what I wanted, and so I gave you more creative freedom there, and because I wasn't so focused on it that gave me some creativity with the text placement and exploring filters and different layers and stuff like that. So uh, I think both posters provided each of us with different opportunities.
1: I agree. I I think uh, I'm I'm super proud of them. And I think, like I said, the, the biggest thing that I'm most fond of fond of is that we got to do it together and that's way cool. Yeah. And so I I appreciate you supporting me and, and just my artistic creative process because back when I was doing these and, and for what it's worth, um, The Monkey's Paw was finished on 7 October of 21, just for a little historical context. And Batman was on 9 October of 22. And so, you know, at the time I didn't really know what I had planned on doing with with anything regarding art, other than just being something that was a, a therapeutic kind of a, a release for me. And, you know, this is kind of a good segue into talking about the podcast and you being on the show, because another thing that you have inspired me with is this form of media. And so for our listeners, I want to bring to their attention that you are also a podcast personality uh, through shows, that people can listen to such as the dog and pony show and tales from the inner sanctum, the golden girls radio hour, just to name a few. Um, but it's been cool because you, you sent me these episode after episode and I love <laughs> listening to them. And what's cool is that you're able to capture that, that old time radio feel. It's not like a, just a, a talk show. It's not just like, you know, people on there doing their thing, which is, is awesome because we've all got our own thing, but it, it captures a unique um style and a unique sense of almost heritage when it comes to the roots of theater and radio productions and things of that nature and you're you're, it's outstanding and i I love listening to it and it's really just you and a handful of guys at best doing doing every single episode yeah so i would love to share that with our listeners as well and If you can provide me with a link or tell us where we can listen to those, I'll I'll be happy to share that too.
0: Yeah, I will uh, send you a link and I will tell you soundcloud.com slash Wenty, W-E-N-T-Y, radio, R-A-D-I-O, soundcloud.com slash Wenty radio. Wenty is Jason Wentworth. He's my co-star, co-host, co-producer, the... He's the man who does all of the post-production work, so he actually does more work on the shows than I do in that as, in that respect. Uh, I think he takes longer to write his scripts, too. i just going to pump something out. That's eh, good enough. <laughs> good enough.
1: We'll, we'll fix it in post, as yeah. they say, right?
0: That's, and that's I his job. I don't know so. what that means,
1: but I, I heard it somewhere.
0: It works out perfect. We'll fix it in post. That's his job, so <laughs> you can figure <laughs> awesome. it out. Awesome. Yeah, we started with uh, the Golden Girls Radio Hour was our first show. Um, I wrote that. I wrote the first script for that. I never, I didn't talk to Jason about it or anything. I just wrote it and then I emailed it to him. And this was like a week before I left for Navy boot camp. So uh, he wrote, he loved it. He had read my script and written the second episode and sent it to me before he ever told me what he thought of it. So then we had two scripts already written and then I wrote the third one, boom, boom, boom. So we, what we used to do is I would only go, come home once a year for leave, usually New Year's time. And so we would record an entire season in one sitting and he would edit the entire thing. And so we would do, you know, whatever, three, four, five episodes in a day and pump out the whole season. And that was that. Um, That's way cool. But now since I'm closer here and we're uh, professionals at this, more organized, <laughs> we, we uh, you know, we, we can write a, an episode or two and go do it and release it and then focus on the next one. And so um, it's, it's nice to have the variety, I guess. I think I like the way we're doing it now more because, and I know Jason likes the way we're doing it more now. He uh, spends a lot of time with editing, so we have bloopers and yeah. stuff. You know, we uh, sometimes we laugh at our own jokes, so.
1: Well, that's how <laughs> I feel like if I'm not laughing at my own jokes, nobody else is going to, yeah. so I feel you. No, it, it, it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy the shows, and I, I, I bet it's probably more fun from episode to episode rather than doing it all in one shot. Uh, I know I'm kind of just fairly new at this, but I I look forward to each new episode and like what I'm going to do next and, and uh, how that's going to look. But. um,
0: It provides a little bit of a, a little bit more flexibility uh, to make adjustments on the fly. You know, sometimes I'm maybe we've written a season in advance and we go and record. And then there's a great ad lib and the next script references the previous script, but it doesn't, acknowledge that ad lib because that was a, a new event. However, if we if I'm able to record and then write and record and write do an episode at a time, they can they can be a bit more interwoven and with anything more topical that may have
1: come up. We do a lot of ad libbing, so that's all right. That's that's organic and it's fun. I think that's pretty cool. Hell, just about everything I do is ad lib because, yeah. you know, whatever, as the kids say. Um, actually, you had me do a little bit of a voice, uh, voiceover for one of the episodes, yep. on Golden Girls Radio Hour, where Blanche was running for, um, for the condo board. Condo, board. yeah, yeah, which yeah. this so was a lot of
0: fun. In Jason's first script that he wrote episode two he wrote they went it's called a puzzling mystery actually that's the third episode i wrote the first two and he wrote the third one so but it's a puzzling mystery they go to a why was i telling you this (laughs) what were we talking about (laughs) Um, sorry sometimes Uh, my brain is faster than my mouth
1: that's all right uh the election Oh
0: oh yes, beautiful. Thank you. That's exactly it. In his first script that he wrote, A puzzling mystery, they want to go to the neighbor's house to find this missing puzzle piece that they from this puzzle they bought at a garage sale. And so they're they're getting ready to go over there. And Blanche is like, Hold on, girls, this could screw up my chance at the re-election on the condo board. And so that was a gag that a throwaway gag that Jason made. 20 years ago and I was like let's explore that a little bit so I fleshed it out and decided we would do the campaign and all that so you were actually the voice of the uh the narrator for Blanche's campaign ad and it's quite the fire and brimstone ad uh you know the apocalyptic political ads are all the rage
1: (laughs) it was fun because like you were you know, you gave me the script and it was it was dark, and I was trying to like read it in my you know darkest, most serious tone. And then you were able to church it up with some elements of of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> uh, flashball, and it was just it was way cool. Um, some horror elements in there, and it just when I heard it all come together the way you pieced it, it was it was money. So I I, I take pride in that as well. So it, it's been fun to be able to collaborate with you on so much and. As far as I'm concerned, 20 years is just a drop in the bucket and we've got so much more ahead of us. 40 more. Um, <laughs> 40 more. Holy crap. <laughs> I don't know about that. I can barely walk up the stairs now. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got a neighbor, right? So she's got, she's an older woman and she's got, uh, she's got one of those chair lifts that that takes you up the the stairs. Yeah. Right. You, know what, I'm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, every day I come home from work and I ask her, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll give you twenty bucks if you let me ride that thing, and she keeps saying no, but I think she's gonna take me <laughs> up on it. <laughs> you should. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't even like muster. You couldn't even muster like a courtesy laugh on that one. You, you that's could, okay. So maybe maybe <laughs> you could up the offer. Maybe twenty two dollars.
0: Twenty two dollars and a,
1: a painted wooden nickel. Ooh, I'm going to have to find a wooden nickel now. Well, listen, Dangerous Dave, my dude, thank you so much for coming on to the, the podcast. It means so much to have you here, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's great to see you, and even though our listeners can't see you, um, yeah, that's about a fierce, epic beard you got going <laughs> on there, my dude. Thank you.
0: I uh agree yeah. with myself. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> oh, thank you. And uh, awesome. Thank. Man. I want to thank you though too. Thank you for having me on. And uh, you know, thanks for all of the encouragement and support over the years. Um, sometimes it's hard to be an artist. You know, you you doubt yourself, and you you need to have some someone to, who champions your work. And you've always done that for me. So I am grateful to you for that Um, because you know there have probably been times I mean there have been many times where I've been like this is it I'm done you should uh, doing special visual effects on this film that I'm working on now I've quit that so many times you know but I'll finish it eventually and (laughs) and then we'll we'll have more art to share and show
1: that's it and someday we'll make that film and how's that sound
0: it sounds great you know some people are all about uh, quality over quantity I say just uh, lambast them and bombard them with as much content as you can and they'll be so busy they won't even remember the bad stuff
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to adopt that model <laughs> awesome thanks Dave you're, you're the best and uh, come back anytime Sounds good. Thank you. You're the best, too. You're the best, Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page, or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone, ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988. Then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.